we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. Defending truth and conscience over power and conformity. Always remember, others may hate you. Those who hate you don't win unless you hate them. Welcome to the American Muzo Show. A true revolution of values will soon cause us to question the fairness and justice of many of our past and present policies. Now, here's your host, Eric Mutsos. Happy Monday, everybody. I'm your host, Eric Mutsos. I have to start with this immediately. And those of you who have listened to me, you know that I was in law enforcement for a while. So this this one kind of strikes me and and it hits my heart because it's it's so gross to me. Bystanders taunted and laughed as police officers were being fired upon in Philadelphia. You know that we have got to a place in our country where it's just about to collapse at any moment when when the people that the police are protecting from in a hostage situation are now mocking and taunting the police officer. I just watched part of this video and I'll I'll play some of it just so you can hear a little bit of how hectic the scene was, just so you can hear this. So here you got a guy that's just going irate. Um, and then a couple other people join in. You know, they're cool. You know, they're extremely cool because they have their friends in the back. They've all got their phones. But mind you, there's somebody with a gun with that was actively shooting. This is just classy Philadelphia. And so if we can't, if we can't get to a point where, where the public and the police are going to have some kind of respect. Um, it's just, it's only going to get worse. Like how, how is it going to get any better than this? The mainstream media has riled up every possible scenario to think that the police are somehow racist. When I was working as a cop, I never heard like I'd heard stories, you know, and the, actually the only stories that I had heard that somebody had said a racist comment was from the upper administration. Um, but as a regular street cop, I never heard anyone under their breath say anything racist. Um, I, I just I think it's one of the biggest lies that we have uh, going around right now in our society is that we are so racist. If we're so racist, how did we elect a black president? If we're so racist as a society, I'm sorry that just it doesn't happen. So going back to this article, it shows it shows this crowd like pushing and shoving. Um, the video went viral. Six police officers retreated for injuries by a man barricaded inside his home. The neighborhood residents expressed hostility against the police. Um, Alexandria Hoff, I guess you put it Twitter. I mentioned this at at 10 and since i was harassed during that live shot i mentioned it here too a major a major moment of disappointment this evening watching a crowd of people taunt police officers yelling and yelling in the midst of the gunfire i mean these people aren't even running like that's that's how numb we are 
in certain parts of our country. They're not even running and trying to hide from potential bullets hitting them. They're worried more about how they're going to harass the people that are, that are there to protect them. One officer was shot in the head while another was shot in the hand. All injured officers have been released from the hospital. There were, there were reports that the suspect was broadcasting part of the attack on Facebook. I'm t- that just, we were becoming numb as a society. We're becoming numb to all of these things. You see these fights, so many more fights are going viral. Um, it, it's a, I had a f- really good Facebook friend. Uh, we, we try to share each other's like, you know, we try to uplift each other sometimes when we have down days. And he said something that was really interesting. He said, I just feel numb. And I think, and I have those same days. Like we get to a point where if we don't build our day on certain principles, like let's say if you believe in God, right? I thought about this a little while ago. What kind of relationship would you have with your spouse if the only time you talked throughout the day was, hey, how you doing? Thank you. All right. Amen. I say amen because that's kind of how sometimes our prayers are. They're just kind of this, this quick and easy, you know, I went, I checked it off. I said my prayer. But what if that's how your relationship was with your wife? Like a 30-second, you know, repetitive thing. And then at the end of the day, it was like, oh, roll over, couple seconds, roll over, and then you go to sleep. How would that relationship work in a couple years? Um, but some of us, me included, we get into this habit of not building our foundation on what we believe to me, I have to have that relationship to receive that. So I can start to feel again. And, and sometimes our relationship with God is like that. We just talk a little, a little bit and, and then pretty soon we're lost. And so I really, really believe this in my heart that one of the reasons why we are so numb as a society is because we are not a God fearing country anymore. And it's evident you know, so many, so many people teach that we have to basically, I don't want to say worship ourselves, but in a sense, we're always thinking of number one, always thinking of number one. And, and that's, that's the problem. So when you have media, when you have politicians basically preaching that the government owes you this, 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 you're constantly thinking that you're a victim. You're in a victimhood mentality, constantly thinking of yourself. And, and that's one of the reasons why our country is shifting so rapidly because we are such a selfish people, media books. It's, it's teaching you that you're the power of everything and it's, and it's all about you. And that, you know, that's why we become self-centered and not much out there is teaching that we need to be so reliant on God and have that relationship with God because people are afraid. You know, people are afraid to talk about this. People are leaving their faith, you know, they're especially with this whole 
you know, sexual revolution. You know, people think that just because you may disagree with, you know, homosexuality, that you're not you're not a Christian. So then now there's these kind of fa- more famous Christians that are just they're leaving, they're abandoning. I don't have any more faith. But they don't understand the the basic principles. But going back to this this entire like taunting of the police, you know, I've been in situations where uh friends of mine have been shot at and been shot. When, when I was at the PD, I was on a call. I think I was arresting someone for DUI and a call came over the radio shots fired and I could just hear it in his voice. And I was scared and they were downtown. Uh, their, their beat was downtown and I was downtown. And so I was one of the first on the scene. And when I came, it was just, it was one of the worst things I've seen. Um, two of my friends were shot the bad guy was shot. They were all laying there. And, um, paramedics started to come and I, I just remember like how scary that was. Um, I wasn't supposed to get him water cause I get, when you get shot, I didn't know this, but I got one of my friends who was laying on the ground water, um, cause he was thirsty, but I, I wasn't supposed to do that. Um, I was scared, but, but I tell this story because it was such a frightening and traumatic experience even as a cop, it's like, you're, you know, you're supposed to be tough, but now these cops are getting shot at in Philadelphia. And, and not only do they have to deal with that, those feelings and the trauma that's happening. Uh, now you've got the people that you're there to protect coming at you. I saw these other videos of these kids, you know, they, the cops would come to the NYPD they'd come out and, these kids would start soaking them with, with, you know, dumping water on the cops and it was all funny. Right. And and so Stephen A. Smith, you know, he's a sports announcer. He came out and said, sorry, but I need to start the, start the day off with a non-sports related matter. Watching these videos of kids throwing buckets of water on the NYPD is just flat out inexcusable. And we all need to speak out against this. We are losing ourselves if we find this. Okay. I love that guy. He just seems so down to earth with a lot of his politics. But um, I I believe it's only going to get worse. And I fear deeply for anyone who's getting into law enforcement because I've said this before, but the thin blue line is getting thinner and thinner. Now, a lot of listeners will say, you know, I'm going to save that because I want to talk about the thin blue line getting thinner and thinner and and what i think the solution is and and it's going to be interesting because you'll you'll hear some stories we'll be back in a minute and i'll and i'll share some back to the American Mutso show. I'm your host, Eric Mutso. So last segment, we talked about the attack on police officers. There was an active shooter. Police responded to, to help, you know, this, this little part of the neighborhood because there was an active shooter. And then there was a, a tense hostage situation. And 
all of the bystanders and people started attacking the police. And so I started to tell a story about how, and well, how disgusting this is, number one, and how our society is just crumbling at its core. But I told a story how I was on, I was, I was making an arrest. I believe that's where I was at. And I heard on the radio shots fired, but it was an officer saying this and I could just hear it in his voice. And so I was one of the first to arrive on the scene and there were three people down on the ground in blood. Um, two of them were two of my colleagues. Um, one was shot in the arm. The other was shot in the femur. Um, and they were on the ground and then the other, the bad guy was on the ground who had pulled the gun on the officers and he was shot and, and he ended up dying, but it was such a traumatic experience just being, it was a chaotic scene. And so on top of that, could you imagine all of the people that you went to go and like respond to, they're now attacking you. It, it it was amazing. Like I couldn't believe how traumatic it was, but now these cops are, are getting attacked by the, the very people they're there to help. And so then I started to talk about the thin blue line and why it keeps getting thinner. Because what happens when you have, a, when you have a mayor who is in charge of a police chief who is appointed, everything gets political really quick. And when you have these mayors that are following lockstep with the, the liberal agenda and the leftist agenda of trying to, like, demonize the police, but yet use the police somehow, you know, we're trying to take people's guns to give them to the government, but yet they don't trust the police. It doesn't even make sense what they're doing. But when you have these mayors that are in charge of the police chief, basically like a puppet. Anything the mayor says, the police chief will do. In Salt Lake City Police, we have a mayor right now that everything that she states on her Facebook does not seem pro-police at all. And most of the officers know that. Well, the police chief there is, is at her beck and call. You know, there was that shooting, you know, because the mayor is gay. So there was the, sh the shooting. I don't remember where it was at. If it was in Florida, it was the nightclub back east. Well, after that shooting, then the police chief decides to send, you know, put two full body officers on the mayor 24-7. So now the city is paying for bodyguard protection at all times of this gay mayor in Salt Lake City as if, She's now, you know, everybody's targeting her to hurt, which anyway, besides the point, my point is, <laughs> my point is that the reason why the thin blue line is getting thinner is because the police officers are being pinned in between a very agenda dri driven administration and the agenda-driven public that are listening to the mainstream media. So then now you have this line to where the police, there's no winning. You can't win. And, and now that I'm out of law enforcement, I realize the pressure that has come off, even though I still kind of deal with some, you know, PTSD issues and things like that, um, and anxiety, the pressure that has come off from just working. When, when you're writing a report, 
you know, you're, you're thinking, okay, if this report goes into the news, how, you know, all of these things are happening in your mind because they're the policy manuals, like, you know, five inches thick and, and no matter which way you go, you're violating it somewhere. And so you just can't get on the radar. And once you're on their radar game over and, and so that thin blue line keeps getting thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner because of politics, because of agendas, because of false, this, this idea of racism that's just completely false. It's, it's not even true. I posted this on my, on my Facebook page. It says, uh, the most common words people misuse. Two, 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 you know, spelled the three different ways. There, 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 spelled the three different ways. And racist. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, because that's, that's the go-to, racism. That's what's fueling it all. However, you have one side of the aisle that that's all they talk about is race. So really, who are the racists? Let's think about that for a second. I'm not going to answer it. Who are the racists in the political parties? Who, who really are when they're just using it over and over and over? And they're using their race for positions of power. They're using their now sexuality as positions of power. You know, we had a Salt Lake mayor before Mayor Biskupski, because Mayor Biskupski is now, you know, the 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 new mayor who's gay and her whole platform was, you know, I'm gay, so you should vote for me. But the mayor before that wasn't gay, right? But he was very pro-gay agenda. So what he ended up doing was talking about this agenda the whole time and why, you know, we have to basically integrate this to, into everything, you know, marrying people at the, at the mayor's office, and putting it all over the news. Well, what what he failed to to realize was that he created the very monster that ate his position. And I don't mean that she's a monster literally with eyes, you know, with like 15 eyes. What I mean is that he created the the per, the the person and the entity that is now gay that ate his job. Well, she's white and she's gay. Well, guess what? That's not diverse enough anymore because, because she doesn't reflect, you know, Salt Lake City. And so what's going to end up happening because of this diversity idea is that, you know, she'll get a transgender Indian that is more diverse than her. And that's now the person that's the most qualified. That's what's happening. That's identity politics. And so that's their qualifications. Well, I'm, you know, I'm an Indian and I'm transgender, so I can understand all of this, you know, very, very small margin of people. I can understand who they are. So therefore, I'm the person for the job. So that's that's what's happening. And in fact, that that's what happened with Obama. I mean, he that's <laughs> he played it perfectly. You know, you see these politicians that will go. It's like Hillary Clinton. You see these videos of them going to more minority neighborhoods and all of a sudden they take on the accent of where they're at as if they're one of them. Elizabeth Warren, she had to put down on her papers that she was Indian so she could get this job. Um, 
or to go to school. This was years ago. So where is the racism? Where's the true racism coming from? Which party is it coming from? And I even hate saying party politics. I hate it. You know, if I were to choose anything, it would be libertarian, but I don't even, it's like, I, I can't even say that because there's things that I'm, I just don't think the government should be involved in any of these things. I read this quote here that I want to share. It says, whenever the people are well-informed, they can be trusted with their own government. That was Thomas Jefferson. Well, we're not informed. And so we can't be trusted because we keep trusting. We keep electing these people over and over and over. And the people that are being elected, they can't be trusted because they're not well-informed. So really the question is, who can be trusted? Is it you? Is it me? Is it them? We'll be back in a minute. Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to the American Mutzel Show. I'm your host, Eric Mutzel. So we talked a little bit. I, I wrote an article on my thoughts about Jeff Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein's death. And I wanted to I wanted to play this real quick because there I guess some information leaked. And and I think it's important to to have these details. Um, and this guy, I don't know his name, but you'll hear it in a second. He just explains how he how he hates when people try to cherry pick certain things. Um, take a listen here to this news report from Fox. We are back with a Fox News alert. Brand new details this morning surrounding Jeffrey Epstein's apparent suicide. Yeah, the autopsy reportedly showing broken bones in his neck, raising more questions about his final cause of death. Fox News contributor Andrew McCarthy served as chief assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York and had defendants in the same jail at one time or another. He joins us right now live. Morning. Good morning. morning to you. Apparently, um, broken bones in the neck, but one in particular, the hyoid bone near the Adam's apple, which is more common in strangulation murders than suicidal hangings, it is written in this morning's papers. Yeah, but what you what you just said, the word strangulation may be less important than the words more common. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not inconsistent with suicide. And what I hate about these leaks is... Autopsy leaks. Any kind of leaks about investigations where people cherry pick what facts that they want to put out under circumstances where we know in most investigations we need to have a comprehensive understanding of, of everything. And you can put too much or too little emphasis on individual facts. To me, I would want to know if they actually had video of the common areas of, of the jail mm -hmm. and they could tell whether someone else was able to get in and out of the cell. That, to me, would be at least as important a piece of evidence as what... What do you think really happened? I'm going to assume it was a suicide until there's powerful evidence that there's not. Okay, so so that's kind of where I, that's kind of where I fall in. Like, I, I, I brought this up. I don't even like to talk about this stuff. I, I really don't, but, but it, is, it is a big deal because of how much this person knew. I know that... that that Epstein, I know I say that, I could be saying that wrong. I know that um, he had a lot of information on very, very powerful people. And all of a sudden he's dead and he was on suicide watch here and there. 
um, it's very possible that if somebody wanted him dead in a very high position of power, it's very possible that they that somebody gave him the tool, what, whether it was a sheet, I'm not sure what it was, gave him the tool to do what they knew he would do. So it's very possible that he did hang himself. Um, but it's also very possible that he was given that tool to do that. And so then it's a win-win for, for the person that would give him. So I, I don't know. I can't, I don't know what happened. You don't know what happened. Nobody really knows what happened, but you know, this breaking of the neck with strangulation, could he have been strangled? Sure. He could have been strangled. I can't imagine somebody like going into the sale and just, you know, choking this person out. Um, anyway, there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered, but it's, it is interesting. And, um, just wanted to give you an update on that. All right. So we're going to go into things. I love things that bug. I'll start with things that bug. Last time I didn't, I didn't do a thing that bug because, cause I was, I was just so happy. Nothing bothered me last week, but, but this week I found something that really bothers me when you do you love when you go get gas and there's like a 20 question before you can just fill up your tank? And so are you sure? Yes. Are you a member? Yes. What is your zip code? Do you want a receipt? I mean, it just, uh, just question after question. Then you got this TV blaring out. I mean, how do people ever get to the point where they can just pump gas? And so it's just, it's, it really bothers me. And I'm going to start, if, if there is such thing as a gas station that just lets you put your card in and pump gas, I will drive extra miles and I will pay more money to not answer all of those questions because it it's getting out of control. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to do two things that bug. So that's not normal, but I'm going to do two things that bug. Second thing, why on these receipts now, you know, you'll, you'll go to a place where somebody's just behind the counter, like a subway, for example, and they make the sandwich. And then, and then they'll say things like, it's going to ask you a question. You know, I, it was, we had pizza the other night and I went to go pick up my pizza from Domino's and the girl says, well, it's going to ask you a question. So now there's just this awkward question. Well, what's the question? Do you want to tip? Well, 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 no. I mean, that's the whole reason why I came in to you because I didn't want them I didn't want you to come drive to me to have to pay more money so now we're stuck here at this very awkward moment of well what are you going to do you jerk are you going to put a tip for me ringing it ringing up the pizza when you just came in here are you going to do it and then they're staring at you and you're looking down at the paper and then you put zero and cross it out and now you're the jerk right it's got to stop. Somebody has got to, but that's happening all over the place. A lot of restaurants. I mean, pretty soon you're going to be at a gas station to go get a pack of gum and the register, the person behind the register is going to say, it's going to ask you a question. You want a tip? <laughs> and so that's got to stop and it bugs. And things that I love, I love when a receipt is just normal. How's that? There's a good thing that I love. I just love, I love a normal receipt for a normal transaction. And that's it. All right, next topic. All right, so Kentucky Governor 
Matt Bevan signs bill to ban abortions when unborn baby's heartbeat begins. How cool is he? I've seen him on a couple on a couple shows where he's just lighting people up and he's just he's really smart. I really like this Matt Bevan. Well, he's si- this is beautiful. But he's signing the bill holding a baby. I mean, is there a better picture than that? You know, and he's got all the kids there in the back. What a stud. So this is on uh, lifesitenews.com. They said, uh, Kentucky family celebrated Thursday as Governor Matt Bevin signed a new bill banning abortions after an unborn baby's heartbeat is detectable. Isn't, shouldn't that just be common sense immediately? Like, why, why do we have to do bills to, to, to save a baby's life? Like, Really? Surrounded by children and parents, the Republican governor praised the new protections for unborn babies and mothers in the state. He also signed three additional pro-life bills into law during the signing ceremony at the uh, county courthouse. Government doesn't give life to us. The government doesn't have the right to take it away, Bevan said. So he's exactly right. Um. I've said this before, I'll say it again. I think abortion is one of the, the greatest evils of our time. I, I think when we, in a hundred years, if we look back and that practice is, is finally done away with, they will look at us as barbarians. There's no doubt about it. I mean, because that's what's happening. We are. And we, we turn a blind eye. We, we really have a problem and it's it's deeper and, and worse than we could ever think. You know, I saw this. You know how families will put, you know, like a picture of their kids on the back. Like how many, they'll put little pictures of like stick figures or whatever it is on the back of their windows of their car. And you can see how many people are in the family. This couple, they had two stick figures. And then for the babies, they had two coat hangers. Well, what does that mean? Well, come to find out, it was two abortions that they had, and they were proud of it, so they shouted it on the back as if it was, you know, funny, and they were happy about it. So they just basically showed, hey, look, we murdered two of our children, and that went viral. Um, I, th- I posted it on my Facebook, and I had like 6,000 shares just on mine alone. But that's where we are. That's how hard our hearts are, and people think it's so funny. People are coming on, like, oh, that's the best thing I've ever seen. Interesting. The best thing you've ever seen is how a mother and a father murdered their children and they're happy about it. That's the best thing you've ever seen. I don't even know what to say. So good for Governor Matt Bevan. And that's why states states rights are so important. Because the state should be able to say what it is that, well, abortion should be illegal in the first place. It should have never happened. Roe v. Wade should have never, ever happened. And everybody knows that. But it has happened. But a state absolutely should be able to say what they want to say when it comes to marriage, when it comes to taxes, everything. The federal government's out of control. Everybody knows. Again, good for Matt Bevan and that state. And I hope that we can... As Americans wake up to that evil, we'll be back in a minute.
Welcome back to the American Mutos Show. I'm your host, Eric Mutos. This last segment, I want to try to I want to try on my last segments to keep it positive. Because because everything seems so negative that we talk about. I mean, I talked about two stories that were just negative stories. But that's what people seem to like. And and it's it's really hard because that's what that's what we feed off of. Um I've gotten a few messages you know, why I'm not doing a lot of political posts on my personal Facebook page and that people will miss my debates. Because, I, I mean, I've gotten some crazy debates. I put up, like, I put up an abortion poll that had, like, 60,000 votes, and I was getting messages from all over the country and a few from out of the country about how, you know, I need to have my, uh, they wish that, I, that my parents aborted me. I mean, crazy stuff. And it just turns into a, a big mess. But, um I, I love our country. I, I'm still going to put up, you know, memes here and there. By the way, the left can't meme. They just can't. Like, their memes are so pathetic. They just can't meme. So I'll still put up memes, and I'll, and I'll kind of let people go at it on my author page. But on my personal one, I just haven't been getting into it. Because, because you know, when, when you when you're constantly talking about and thinking about some of these issues that face our country, I really think it can be poisonous and it can be deadly to your soul. Um, and I'm not just, I'm not saying not to talk about it. What I'm saying is how much, how much of that mud do we want on us all the time? You know, I'm, I'm coming to realize that even if what we're talking about is based on a right principle, that we really can be stuck in the prison of some of these principles and we can lose focus on what really matters, even if, even if they're great principles. You know, for example, I could be reading Scripture, and I could be thinking, oh, I'm doing a great spiritually because I'm reading Scripture, but my kids could be crying and needing help with their homework, right? But, but hold on, I'm reading Scripture, so which is a priority? You know, or I've, I've got a good debate going, so honey, hang on a second, because I've got to reply to this person that I've never even met but I'm going to put you on the back burner and I'm going to put my family on the back burner or at work or whatever it is. And so I think one of the biggest problems that we have with good intentioned, you know, politicians at first, even people like you and I is when we, when we choose to fight in the field with some of these topics, you know, on family values against corruption, morality issues, et cetera, we ironically end up abandoning our posts at home. You know, leaving our children, wives in the wake, or our husband—I guess our wives or husband, whichever. Um, I guess politically correct would be uh, partner. Even even with our smartphones, you know, in the living room, we end up. We can be there physically, but are we there mentally, spiritually? Because these issues they take time, and we only have so much time. We have twenty-four hours, and so, and the truth is, a lot of these a lot of these topics are not positive. They're not positive issues. And so when we're just gorge ourselves with this stuff and, and constantly be talking about it, how is it affecting us? And when I, I don't care who you are, when you're around negative all the time, that's going to affect you. You become negative, whether you like it or not. I mean, if you're not checking yourself constantly, I remember the first year within police work. I mean, my mind altered. You know, I was, 
I started to think that like everybody was committing these crimes, you know, because everybody that I would see over and over and over, somebody who broke the law somewhere or I was investigating something. So when you're around it, that's what you see. And so you, you begin to kind of label everyone you come in contact with. And I think that's just a, a, one of the devastating consequences of, of the, these party systems is, oh, well, that's a liberal, you know, that's a conservative. And now we have these prejudgments. Um, my dad always used to tell me that pigs don't know pigs stink. And I didn't really understand it for so long. But it's about what you and I are around. It's funny that I ended up becoming a cop. <laughs> the pigs don't know pigs stink, but he's right. There's only so much you can take without getting it all over you. And it stinks. So not only can some of these political positions and topics be poisonous, but they can be addicting and intoxicating. You know, I'm starting to realize so many times I've been fired up and then you get others fired up over an issue. And it's just issues that politicians and the media have manufactured to get us fired up. Not all of them. There's some, there's some real issues that we have to talk about. But it's like hook, line, and sinker. And it can be very addicting. It's almost like each headline and news article drives another dopamine dose into each one of us. Then we get fired up and then it's gone. And then it's like, then we search for it in another article and another story and then blame and then we become, the further we become, you know, the divided states of America. And so I don't think that we should be burying our heads in the sand with what's happening. But I do think that anything done in excess is too much. You know, for example, including good things. You know, you could have a C chord. You know, if I've just sat there and played my beautiful C chord, right, on your guitar or piano, it's a beautiful C chord. But if the entire song was made up of a C chord and you just do, 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 over and over and over, it's very annoying and it's not productive and it doesn't sound good. Um, even talking, the saddest part of even talking about this is I know I'm going to continue <laughs> to do that meme throughout political ironies, do the very thing that this entire thought is against, you know, <laughs> just because I just think that's how we are. It's just, it's like what the system has created, you know, is, is any, I think anybody who is paying attention, you know, um, but cause I do know our voices need to be heard, but it has to be done in balance. So anyway, that's one of the reasons why you haven't seen, if, if you do follow my Facebook, that's a reason why you haven't seen a lot of back and forth on my personal page. If you want to go and look at some memes, go to my author page just type in Eric Mutos and you can indulge yourself. I'm just not going to be going back and forth and much. So really the devil is winning in so many areas. It's time to fortify. Um, I'm going to play this song. Hope you like it. I've been practicing it. And, and uh, it is called Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Come thou fount of every Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Come 
Seal it for my courts above. 